Last week, we began this series of messages exploring how God provides us with his direction in our life. And it's important for us to make the best decisions we can make because the decisions we make today shape the people we will become tomorrow. Decision-making is always challenging. We might think it would get easier as we get older but we, because we've had so many decisions to make in our life, but it doesn't. In the culture in which we live, I think making good decisions seems to be getting more difficult all the time. Sometimes we become paralyzed to the point where we procrastinate or are incapable of making the really tough decisions. Last week we talked about decision fatigue. This is the reality that there are just so many more choices out there for us to make than maybe we even had 10 years ago. Sometimes these many choices often keep us from making any choice at all. But the second challenge to making decisions that we want to talk about today is called the illusion of perfection. Social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram, for example, give us a snapshot into other people's lives. And since people mostly share the good stuff in their life, all the beautiful moments, but we begin to think that perfection is out there. Someone else's life looks better than ours. When we see people who have perfect weddings, perfect marriages, perfect children, pets, clothes, jobs, cars, vacation, even meals, we begin to think that this kind of perfection is attainable if we would just make the right decisions. But if we make the wrong decision, everything will end in disaster. And some of the time, we make no decision at all. Where people often struggle with this illusion of perfection the most maybe is in marriage. You know, we often hear that romantic idea that there is that perfect person out there for each of us. And if we marry the right person, everything will be great. But if we marry the wrong person, it might end in disaster. And the trend we're seeing today is that some couples simply don't get married for fear of marrying the wrong person. The illusion of perfection is not being overwhelmed by all the good decisions and choices, but living in the fear of making the wrong choice. So just like with the decision fatigue, we make no choice at all. And what's tragic about all of that is that the perfection we think is attainable is really just an illusion. No one's life is perfect, but our lives can be really good and meaningful and filled with faith and love and peace if we will take some risk, if we will make decisions and move forward in partnership with God. So how can we learn to make good decisions and be confident that we are moving in a truly God-ordained direction? Last week, we laid a foundation for making God-focused decisions on the two principles, we talked about these last week, who before do and why before what. Who we are and what motivates us in life are the two things that are more important than what we do in any given situation. God is always more interested in our character, in our motivations, in other words, our heart, than he is in our specific actions. So the first step in receiving God's direction for our life is to start in the right place 
And we do that by asking who we are. What's the character of our life? And why do we do what we do? What's the heart's motivation? Today we're going to consider another key principle, and it's this. God doesn't always show us what to do, but he gives us the wisdom to discern. While we might prefer God sending us a postcard in the mail and giving us all the specific directions to, uh, that he wants uh, for us in a specific um, situation, God doesn't usually work that way. God loves us. God created us to be his children, so God is more interested in a relationship with us where he can share his heart, he can share his mind with us, rather than giving us detailed directions about life. See, God would much rather give us wisdom, his wisdom to use in all sorts of different situations than he would give us a bunch of commandments or rules to follow. The person in the Bible who is most often connected with this kind of wisdom is the Old Testament King Solomon. Now Solomon was one of the sons of King David and after David died, Solomon became Israel's king. In the early years, Solomon loved God very much and when he became king, God said to him, I'll give you anything you ask for. But instead of asking for wealth or power or long life or victory in battle or anything else that would elevate him in this world, Solomon asked for wisdom. Listen to his request in 1 Kings chapter 3. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? So God gave Solomon wisdom. And much of that wisdom is recorded for us in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs is not only a book of wise sayings, it also tells us how we can get wisdom. Proverbs chapter four in two different places says to us, get wisdom and get insight. And if we're told to get those things, then there must be a way for us to do that. There must be some kind of plan, some kind of pathway for us to gain wisdom. And there is. We get wisdom by taking three steps, by walking, by asking, and by deciding. The first step is to walk. Proverbs 13, 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Pastor and author Craig Rochelle said that he grew up hearing this saying, show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. In other words, the people we hang around with often set us on a path in our life. Our friends do have a big say in our future. It is impossible to live the right way and make the right decisions if we're running around with the wrong crowd. While we need to reach out and be kind and gracious to all people, we need to be very cautious about who we allow into the inner circle of our lives because those will be the people who will keep us moving in the right direction or lead us in the wrong direction. This is one of the reasons we encourage you to be part of a life group here in our church. It's not that everyone in the life group is perfect or even wise, but life groups are made up of people who want to grow in faith and in wisdom. 
And if we want to learn how to make good decisions that are in line with the will of God, then we need to be surrounding ourselves with people who are striving for the same things. If we want our lives to look a certain way as we get older, then we need to find people who are living those lives now and ask them to walk with us. Allow us to walk with them so that they can show us how to live. You know, when I first became a pastor, I realized that uh, I, I had very little idea how to actually do some of the more practical things that a pastor is called upon to do. Seminary just doesn't train you for that. So I quickly found myself in situations that were difficult and I was untrained for, particularly doing weddings and funerals. And so I looked for people whom I respected and I asked them for help. And through the years, I have learned a great deal about faith and about leadership and about life from people that I reached out to and learned from. And some of those people were other pastors. Some were lay people in the church or the community where I served, but they gave me advice, they gave me counsel, they gave me encouragement, and I owe a lot to those folks. In this new year, I want to encourage you to look around for people who are living the kind of life that you want to be living. Maybe their marriage is what you would like your marriage to be. Maybe you see how their family interacts and you want that kind of life for your family. Maybe it's how they work in business or how they express their faith. But look around and find the people who inspire you and simply ask them to be part of your life. In our world, in our culture today, that may sound a little weird. But don't be afraid to ask. Think about what an honor it would be for you to be a mentor to someone who would ask you to do that for them. That also goes for those whom you may ask to walk with you. So the first step is to walk. Second step is to ask. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. See, God loves us. He created us to be in a relationship with him a relationship where he could share his life and his heart with us, but also his mind and his will. And so if we ask God for wisdom, God will grant us that wisdom. A man had a friend who was a very strong uh, uh, man in his faith. He always seemed to know what God wanted him to do, always seemed to have a lot of peace about, about that, and he was sought after by many people for his wisdom. So this friend one day asked him if he thought that God still spoke to people because the man really needed God to speak to him and he needed some direction. And this friend said, yes, I do believe God still speaks. So the friend asked him how he could get God to speak to him. And the man's answer was simple, just ask him, just ask him. See, there have been many times in my life when I have diligently, daily, consistently asked God to speak to me, to give me direction. You know, I want to hear God's voice. I want to know God's will. And while it maybe has taken, you know, maybe weeks or months or longer periods of time for that to happen, God did speak and gave me very clear direction to my life. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But the truth is that if we want wisdom, we simply need to ask for it. 
Jesus tells us that if we ask God for good things, God will give them to us. Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You fathers, if you ask your children for, uh, your, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if we sincerely ask God for wisdom, God will give us that wisdom. In fact, God delights to give us wisdom. God, uh, in Psalm 32, 8, we read, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. This is who God wants to be for us and this is what God wants us to do and God can do this if we ask. So we need to ask, but we also need to be prepared when we ask because we may not get that wisdom or the moment we seek it. Jesus said many times that we needed to persist in prayer. Sometimes the direction we need in our life may not come for months, but God will provide. We not only need to be persistent and wait, but we also have to put ourselves in a place where we can hear God's wisdom when it does come. And if you ask God to speak and share his will and plan for your life, but then never bother to read God's word or spend time with God in prayer or learn about God as we walk with other people, then God can't share that wisdom with us. We can ask God, but we have to be willing to take the time to listen and to learn so God can teach us and give us the direction we need. So we need to walk with the wise, we need to ask for wisdom, and then third, there comes a time when we just have to decide. Last week I said that we need to focus on who before do. At some point though, we have to do. We have to take action. At some point we need to make a decision and do something. I heard an old saying once that I've never forgotten and I found it to be true many times in my life. It is easier for God to steer a moving car than a parked car. Actually, God can't steer a parked car. Well, probably he could if he wanted to. But that's not how God works. God steers um, a moving car. For God to steer us or guide us, we have to make some decisions. We have to get moving. You know, you would think that if there was anyone who knew the perfect will of God, it would have been the Apostle Paul, giant person of faith. But he didn't always. He, he was just like us in wondering about and praying for and seeking God's guidance. And one of the ways he found God's direction was to simply start moving. He made some choices and then allowed God to lead him. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, we read, finally, this is Paul's words, finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay alone in Athens and we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you and to encourage you in your faith and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you're going through. Now, notice what it says here. When we could stand it no longer, we decided. We weren't sure. We, weren't, we didn't know if this was God's perfect will and plan, but we trusted that it was, 
and we move forward. Here's another great example from the pen of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I am coming to you to visit you after I have been to Macedonia, for I'm planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter, and then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while, if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. There's a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. And when Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. He's doing the Lord's work just as I am. But did you hear all the uncertainty in Paul's plans? He wasn't sure of every detail moving forward, but that didn't stop him from moving forward. See, many times God provides direction as we make decisions. And if we make the wrong decision, actually, let me rephrase that. When we make the wrong decision, it's okay because every mistake we make is an opportunity for us to learn, to grow, and to gain wisdom to help us in the future. So we learn God's direction for our lives when we get wisdom, when we gain understanding. And this is something that we can do when we walk with the wise, when we ask for wisdom, and then finally decide to act. May God help us to use these three simple tools as we think about the decisions that we need to make in our own lives. Let's pray. God, you invite us to a life of purpose and meaning. But too many of us put off accepting your invitation. You invite us to seek your wisdom. But most often we don't slow down long enough to listen. We acknowledge that the decisions we make today will shape the people we will become tomorrow. So help us to make good decisions. Free us from decision fatigue and the illusion of perfection. Help us to seek you with our whole heart and then decide to act, trusting that you will lead us every step of the way. We love you, Jesus, but we, are, we sometimes busy ourselves with all kinds of distractions. So forgive us, we pray, and fill us with a new awareness of your truth and the ability to not only hear your word, but to do it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.